Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Being Trans. This one is episode number 35. We're going to talk a bit about the magic pill. Yep. Now, before we enter this conversation, I'm going to give you a warning. This was not asked by someone trying to be rude or inconsiderate or hurtful. This was a legitimate question that came to me from a doctor um, who I've met over the years and have talked about being trans. And he has asked the question... A while back, and I just, I was looking for the right time to actually talk about the magic pill. And he asked it with a, with a deep desire to understand what the magic pill could do if it was administered to an individual. And what did it mean as a whole? Now, in saying this, I have an utmost respect for this doctor. So this question that he is asking is coming from one of genuine um, academia. It's not coming from any other level other than a desire to know. Um, and since I do work with doctors in talking about the most common sense issues of being trans, I welcomed his question, and I feared nothing from it, and it didn't trigger me, and I, and I ask you not to be triggered by it as well, because I don't think that it is something that we should be triggered by, because I simply don't see it as a triggerable issue. It was asked as one academic to another. And it was asked on a level of professionalism. So, the idea of the magic pill. If you could take one pill that could solve all your problems, and I do mean all your problems, that you would no longer have the need or the desire, or the want, or the issue of being trans. Would you take this pill? Now, because I think a lot differently than a lot of people, and my thought processes on these questions are multi-tiered. I replied back with questions of my own. And those questions were simple, yet thought-provoking between the two of us. And what I asked of my friend was very simple. Now, 
Would this pill have to be taken on a regular basis, or are we talking a one-off pill? And like a good soul, he came back and said, well, how about we say both? And I said, ooh, both. So you want the answer to both? And he said, yes. And I said, well, let's, let's look at this a little deeper. There are two thoughts of camp to both timelines. The first one is, would this pill then render the issue of being trans completely void? And this is a one-time pill, okay? Not the, not the regular pill. And he said, okay. And uh, I said, if it would... If it would be a one-time shot, fixes all the problems for everything, meaning you never have any trans, uh, never having any gender dysphoria or any side effects or, or anything, would I take it? Now, there are two thoughts to this. On one hand, if you took the pill, would you be betraying your own sense of self? Because we are who we are by the makeup of what we think and how we act and how we feel. This is crucial to who we become. This is crucial to our innermost bean. But at the same time in saying that, if you took the pill, you would essentially have wiped all that away and at the same time relieved yourself of some of the most stressful, distressful issues of a person's existence. It is difficult to look at it as a personal view and say yes or no, because I would say no. Because I would still be worried about the possibility of side effects. I am a fairly sharp-witted person. I, despite being transgender, still am very happy. I would hate to lose that for a pipe dream because I know that you cannot cure a physical difference in a brain. So, in other words, what we're not talking about is a deformity or anything like that or... Um, we're talking a genetic difference between the, 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 in the brain. Okay. We're not talking about how the brain functions. We're talking about the core level. The construction of the brain is vastly different. And so, and plus at the same time, like I said, I would be extremely worried that I would lose something that makes me unique, that makes me special.
Now, at the same time, if we took that pill and said it needs to be taken daily to adjust your thought process, then we would be admitting that this is a mental illness. And you would also be negating the year's worth of science that have said, no, it's not. It's not a mental illness. It is actually a physical issue. And the illness exists because of the physical misalignment. Being that the brain is designed to be that of a of a cisgendered person who is the opposite of what the physical body is. And that causes the gender dysphoria. Now, in saying that and looking at what the... Um, the issue is, is, can it be that the use of this pill be a good thing? Well, in some cases, I think it could be. I'm playing the devil's advocate because there is some of us who do have a life that we are extremely happy with, but we are plagued with gender dysphoria. And there is nothing we can do to stop the dysphoric issues. So, would, could this magic pill be helpful? Well, I think to those individuals that are struggling on a daily basis, yes, it could be. Because if you, let's say, you have been battling this for a very long time, and this pill makes it go all away. In fact, it makes it go away even to the point that you know you don't have it, and it's hard to um, think that you did have it. So if you get what I'm saying, this pill just magically wipes away the issue of being trans. You know you have to take the pill, but you don't know why you have to take the pill. But they advise you to take the pill on a regular basis. So, you start taking the pill, and just like that, it's gone. Well, would that if that allowed no side effects allowed an individual to keep their current life as they exist it now. So let's say a professional person and everything about their life in that professional aspect, that marriage, that, that whatever exists as their, um, sense of self is where they like it except for this one problem then yes I could see somebody wanting to take it um, but in reality that nothing does work that way because we are 
existing with this for a very long time, and it is very difficult. There are times that you do feel that you wish you could find this magic pill, that you wish you could just snap your fingers, and tomorrow that you would wake up not having this issue. There is that part of it that you also wish that you could take a magic pill, and tomorrow when you wake up, you are changed. Now, this is a tough part because a lot of people may not understand the significance of the word change by what I'm meaning it to be. This is you are changed physically, not mentally. That you are... Um, no longer plagued with the thought processes due to the fact that you woke up in the correct body. That, you know, you magically ended up having everything that ever made sense. Your body, your breast, your vagina, everything is right. And... Yes, this would be an extremely magical pill. But would you take it? Yes, I would take it in a heartbeat. Because that would end all the pain and the suffering that I still exist, that still exists in my, um, in my existence. Would I take it to, you know... Um, what I, I would take it just simply because I would rather have um, the ability to change my body to match my mind, not my mind to change my body. Because that is a very difficult um, question. I have never been happy in a man's body. So placing me back in charge of a man's body is not going to solve my problems. In fact, if anything, it could increase other problems for me personally. Yes, the magic pill I do understand means that you would no longer have any problems whatsoever. So you wouldn't even know that you were trans in the first place, but I enjoy who I am as a person, and the core of my existence is tied to being trans, is tied to the struggles that I do have as a transgender person. Will those struggles always be there? Well, I have a lot of friends who are both pre-op and post-op. And the reality is, is yes, each person that is trans, both pre and post, have problems. Those problems are not necessarily problems within themselves. Those problems sometimes are exasperated by society, such as the case of, uh, you know, people on a regular basis receiving death threats, hate mail, 
Um, you name it. There is a lot of um, issues out there that are not driven by the trans community, but driven by society, such as discrimination, abuse, um, attempts at murder, murder itself, um, hate-filled rhetoric. Um, these are some of the things that we have to face that um, most society turns its back on. And it's nothing new. It's nothing that we haven't faced, bef that society hasn't faced before. Believe me, if you look at the way that the blacks were treated and some still are treated, this is nothing new. Same with the Native Americans were treated this way. This is nothing new. Okay. First Nation people are not white enough, so therefore they are treated with disdain. African Americans are not white, so they are treated with disdain. And in saying that, it is something that has molded many of us in our personalities. It has molded myself in the way that I look at the world. And at the same time, I have changed my thought processes, my actions. The magic pill, if it changed everything, would change that as well by default. Because I respond to things. I am happy to add and inform on things. And if I was no longer who I am, then this would no longer be an issue. And therefore, me creating a podcast, I wouldn't know why I was creating the podcast. And I probably wouldn't have the information that I do have in existing around the podcast. So I know I'm creating quite the rabbit hole for you to trace here. But when you think of the magic pill, the magic pill is quite destructive, more than constructive. Um, and I think that the, when we finally do accept that the magic pill is the destructive nature of society to impose a normality to those around it, then we begin to look at ourselves, we begin to understand about who we are as a society. We begin to understand that we, by our very nature, do not like different. And therefore, the question of the, of the uh, pill is just that. The magic pill is society trying to make others conform to its standards. And once again, we end up with, will it solve problems? Mm, I kind of lean towards the fact that it's not going to solve problems. I lean towards the fact that it would create more problems than it would solve. Uh, 
because then you have the issue of yes, it was um, a mental illness, and it ignores all the science just because it makes people feel comfortable about themselves. And this, we know, is one of those things that, yeah, no matter what we do to make someone feel comfortable, it doesn't solve problems. Um... And, and I, I, I keep always coming back in my thoughts, too. It was never about the drinking fountains. It was never about the bathrooms. It was never about anything other than hatred. And this comes from segregation. The black man was not allowed to use the white man's stuff. The trans person's not allowed to use the cisgendered stuff. So you see that the, the issue exists only in the mind and for the minds of the cis individual who needs to be comforted to a level where they are able to accept the transgender community. And I, I think that the more we start to acknowledge the fact that we are facing a sugar-coated tablet of cyanide rather than a solution. And my friend turned to me and went, oh, well, okay, I wasn't really looking for that kind of a in-depth. Was, he was asking more would I take it and just asking if I would take it, take it. And I said, well, simply, if, if it's just a matter of taking it to take it, no, I wouldn't take it. Because I'm already taking pills now, which help me sink my brain To my gender dysphoria. And it numbs some of the gender dysphoria. So those pills and the hormones, which are estrogen and spiralactone, or spiralactone, work in such a way that my gender dysphoria does not play such a huge issue. So he posed another question. Well, if the if the gender dysphoria is now at a point where it is almost moot, could you live your life as your cisgendered individual? So live my life as a man, but continue to take estrogen and spirolactin. And I said, well, that, that's a, that is a, a very deep and um, thought-provoking question in itself. 
So when we come back, we're going to finish on this magic pill. And we're going to start from the point where my friend asked the secondary question. So grab yourself a drink and come on back for the rest of the magic pill episode. Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Being Trans. This one is episode number 35. We're going to talk a bit about the magic pill. Yep. Now, before we enter this conversation, I'm going to give you a warning. This was not asked by someone trying to be rude or inconsiderate or hurtful. This was a legitimate question that came to me from a doctor um, who I've met over the years and have talked about being trans. And he has asked the question a while back and I just I was looking for the right time to actually talk about the magic pill. And he asked it with a with a deep desire to understand what the magic pill could do if it was administered to an individual. And what did it mean as a whole? Now in saying this, I have an utmost respect for this doctor. So this question that he is asking is coming from one of genuine um, academia. It's not coming from any other level other than a desire to know. Um, and since I do work with doctors in talking about the most common sense issues of being trans, I welcomed his question and I feared nothing from it and it didn't trigger me. And I, and I ask you not to be triggered by it as well, because I don't think that it is something that we should be triggered by because I simply don't see it as a triggerable issue. It was asked as one academic to another and it was asked on a level of professionalism so the idea of the magic pill if you could take one pill that could solve all your problems and I do mean all your problems that you would no longer have the need or the desire, or the want, or the issue of being trans. Would you take this pill? Now, because I think a lot differently than a lot of people, and my thought processes on these questions are multi-tiered. I replied back with 
questions of my own. And those questions were simple, yet thought-provoking between the two of us. And what I asked of my friend was very simple. Now, would this pill have to be taken on a regular basis, or are we talking a one-off pill? And like a good soul, he came back and said, well, how about we say both? And I said, ooh, both. So you want the answer to both? And he said, yes. And I said, well, let's, let's look at this a little deeper. There are two thoughts of camp to both timelines. The first one is, would this pill then render the issue of being trans completely void? And this is a one-time pill, okay? Not the, not the regular pill. And he said, okay. And uh, I said, if it would, if it would be a one-time shot, fixes all the problems for everything, meaning you never have any trans. Uh, never having any gender dysphoria or any side effects or or anything would I take it now there are two thoughts to this on one hand if you took the pill would you be betraying your own sense of self because we are who we are by the makeup of what we think and how we act and how we feel this is crucial to who we become this is crucial to our innermost being but at the same time in saying that if you took the pill you would essentially have wiped all that away and at the same time relieved yourself of some of the most stressful, distressful issues of a person's existence. It is difficult to... look at it as a personal view and say yes or no, because I would say no. Because I would still be worried about the possibility of side effects. I am a fairly sharp-witted person. I, despite being transgender, still am very happy. I would hate to lose that for a pipe dream because I know that you cannot cure a physical difference in a brain. So in other words, what we're not talking about is a deformity or anything like that, or um, we're talking a genetic difference between the, 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 in the brain. Okay. We're not talking about, how the brain 
functions. We're talking about the core level. The construction of the brain is vastly different. And so, and plus, at the same time, like I said, I would be extremely worried that I would lose something that makes me unique, that makes me special. Now, at the same time, if we took that pill and said it needs to be taken daily to adjust your thought process, then we would be admitting that this is a mental illness. And you would also be negating the year's worth of science that have said, no, it's not. It's not a mental illness. It is actually a physical issue. And the illness exists because of the physical misalignment. Being that the brain is designed to be that of a of a cisgendered person who is the opposite of what the physical body is. And that causes the gender dysphoria. Now, in saying that and looking at what the um the issue is, is can it be that the use of this pill be a good thing? Well, in some cases, I think it could be. And I'm playing the devil's advocate because there is some of us who do have a life that we are extremely happy with, but we are plagued with gender dysphoria. And there is nothing we can do to stop the dysphoric issues. So, would, could this magic pill be helpful? Well, I think to those individuals that are struggling on a daily basis, yes, it could be. Because if you, let's say, you have been battling this for a very long time, and this pill makes it go all away. In fact, it makes it go away even to the point that you know you don't have it, and it's hard to um, think that you did have it. So if you get what I'm saying, this pill just magically wipes away the issue of being trans. You know you have to take the pill, but you don't know why you have to take the pill. But they advise you to take the pill on a regular basis. So, you start taking the pill, and just like that, it's gone. Well, would that if that allowed no side effects allowed an individual to keep their current life as they exist it now. So let's say a professional person and everything about their life in that professional aspect, that marriage, that, that whatever exists as their, um, sense of self 
is where they like it, except for this one problem, then yes, I could see somebody wanting to take it. Um, but in reality, that nothing does work that way. Because we are existing with this for a very long time, and it is very difficult. There are times that you do feel that you wish you could find this magic pill. That you wish you could just snap your fingers. And tomorrow that you would wake up not having this issue. There is that part of it that you also wish that you could take a magic pill. And tomorrow when you wake up, you are changed. Now, this is a tough part because a lot of people may not understand the significance of the word change by what I'm meaning it to be. This is you are changed physically, not mentally. That you are um, no longer plagued with the thought processes due to the fact that you woke up in the correct body. They, you know, you magically ended up having everything that ever made sense. Your body, your breast, your vagina, everything is right. And yes, this would be an extremely magical pill, but would you take it? Yes, I would take it in a heartbeat because that would end all the pain and the suffering that I still exist, that still exists in my, um, in my existence. Would I take it to, you know, um, what I, I would take it just simply because I would rather have um, the ability to change my body to match my mind, not my mind to change my body. Because that is a very difficult um, question. I have never been happy in a man's body. So placing me back in charge of a man's body is not going to solve my problems. In fact, if anything, it could increase other problems for me personally. Yes, the magic pill I do understand means that you would no longer have any problems whatsoever. So you wouldn't even know that you were trans in the first place. But I enjoy who I am as a person. And the core of my existence is tied to being trans. Is tied to the struggles that I do have as a transgender person. Will those struggles always be there? Well, I have a lot of friends who are both pre-op and post-op. And the reality is, is yes, each person that is trans, both pre and post, have problems. 
those problems are not necessarily problems within themselves. Those problems sometimes are exasperated by society, such as the case of, uh, you know, people on a regular basis receiving death threats, hate mail, um, you name it. There is a lot of um, issues out there that are not driven by the trans community, but driven by society, such as discrimination, abuse, um, attempts at murder, murder itself, um, hate-filled rhetoric. Um, these are some of the things that we have to face that um, most society turns its back on. And it's nothing new. It's nothing that we haven't faced, that society hasn't faced before. Believe me, if you look at the way that the blacks were treated and some still are treated, this is nothing new. Same with the Native Americans were treated this way. This is nothing new. Okay. First Nation people are not white enough, so therefore they are treated with disdain. African Americans are not white, so they are treated with disdain. And in saying that, it is something that has molded many of us in our personalities. It has molded myself in the way that I look at the world. And at the same time, I have changed my thought processes, my actions, the magic pill if it changed everything, would change that as well by default because I respond to things. I am happy to add and inform on things. And if I was no longer who I am, then this would no longer be an issue. And therefore, me creating a podcast, I wouldn't know why I was creating the podcast. And I probably wouldn't have the information that I do have in existing around the podcast. So I know I'm creating quite the rabbit hole for you to trace here. But when you think of the magic pill, the magic pill is quite destructive, more than constructive. Um, and I think that the, when we finally do accept that the magic pill is the destructive nature of society to impose a normality to those around it, then we begin to look at ourselves, we begin to understand about who we are as a society. We begin to understand that we, by our very nature, do not like different. And therefore the question of the, of the uh, pill is just that. The magic pill is society trying to make others conform 
to its standards. And once again, we end up with, will it solve problems? Mm, I kind of lean towards the fact that it's not going to solve problems. I lean towards the fact that it would create more problems than it would solve. Because then you have the issue of, yes, it was um, a mental illness. And it ignores all the science. Just because it makes people feel comfortable about themselves. And this, we know, is one of those things that, yeah, no matter what we do to make someone feel comfortable, it doesn't solve problems. Um, and and I, I, I keep always coming back in my thoughts, too. It was never about the drinking fountains. It was never about the bathrooms. It was never about anything other than hatred. And this comes from segregation. The black man was not allowed to use the white man's stuff. The trans person's not allowed to use the cisgendered stuff. So you see that the, the issue exists only in the mind and for the minds of the cis individual who needs to be comforted to a level where they are able to accept the transgender community. And I, I think that the more we start to acknowledge the fact that we are facing a sugar-coated tablet of cyanide rather than a solution. And my friend turned to me and went, oh, well, okay, I wasn't really looking for that kind of a in-depth. Was, he was asking more, would I take it? And just asking if I would take it, take it. And I said, well, simply, if, if it's just a matter of taking it to take it, no, I wouldn't take it. Because I'm already taking pills now, which help me sink my brain to my gender dysphoria. And it numbs some of the gender dysphoria. So those pills and the hormones, which are estrogen and spiralactam or spiralactone work in such a way that my gender dysphoria does not play such a huge issue. So he posed another question. Well, if the if the gender dysphoria is now at a point where it is almost moot, could you live your life as your cisgendered individual, so live my life as a man, 
but continue to take estrogen and spirolactin. And I said, well, that, that's a, that is a, a very deep and um, thought-provoking question in itself. So when we come back, we're going to finish on this magic pill, and we're going to start from the point where my friend asked the secondary question. So grab yourself a drink and come on back for the rest of the magic pill episode. Okay, thank you for coming back. And as I said, we are talking about the magic pill. And whether or not the magic pill would be taken, and whether or not the magic pill would solve problems. But my friend asked that since I'm already kind of taking a magic pill now, which is the, um, the estrogen and the spirolactin, would I continue and would I change the way that I live to fit that of what my physical body represents? So, in other words, keep taking the spirolactone, keep taking the estrogen while dressing as a man and continuing my life as a man. And I... We, mind you, now this is happening over a cup of cup of coffees and, and lunch and a very deep thought from a friend who I've made from speaking to doctors and nurses. So this question is is coming at a level that we are really having a lot of discussions about it. And I am summarizing a two-hour conversation into about an hour's worth and I'm summarizing a lot of technical words that are being thrown around and trying to shrink them down to so where everybody understands what I'm talking about. And you and I, the listener, don't need to go into the facts behind the studies that both my friend and I have previously reviewed and talked about and how we look as healthcare individuals um, looking at this subject. So please also understand that I hold this person in high, high respect. And I said to him, I said, look, you know, I can see where you're coming from. I can see that, once again, we're looking at this issue of society. We're not looking at the issue of the individual. The individual does not necessarily need the comfort to change. They are comfortable. So, like, in saying that, I, I said to him, if you look at my life, I am comfortable dressing outwardly as a woman. Um, half of it is because it fits my body now, the way my mind sees it should be. And if I were to try and put, um, a mask over that, shall we say, to make individuals feel comfortable, 
that then causes problems for my level of comfort. And then it creates problems for my existence. This is really something that is extremely hard for a lot of people to grasp. Because it's not something that everyone would assume is... something they're going to face. That's like asking a black person if they could, would they splash themselves with white paint or Caucasian paint, shall we say, to be even more racist in this, sorry. Um, would you splash yourself with Caucasian paste to paint to make yourself appear to be Caucasian And not face discrimination at any level. And I'll tell you right now, I know quite a few black people would tell you to go find a new hole for your penis and give it to yourself. Um, and it wouldn't matter what gender you were, they would certainly tell you where you could go stick it. Um, but as a trans person, it it's not about color, it's about outward appearance. And when you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see what you want to be? Or do you see who you are? This is part of the problem of gender dysphoria. When we look in the mirror, we see two different and distinct versions of what we are looking at. We see who we are and who we want to be. And they overlap themselves when we look in the mirror, where a standard person might look in the mirror and say, gosh, I have a little bit of gray there. I think I'll get some hair color. Or, gosh, mm, I think I'll grow a beard. Okay? They're not trying to look at the mirror and say, mm, that feature is a man's feature. And I wish I didn't have that. I wish that was a little bit less. Or... You know, um, I'm 50 years old. I'll admit it. I have a bump at the bottom of my chin. Um, i.e. a double chin if I am not careful and set up straight. <laughs> now, this is how I see myself. When I look in the mirror, I see myself and say, well, okay, there I am. But I also at the same time look in the mirror and say, gee... I don't like that. And estrogen can't fix that alone. Spirolactam does not fix that at all. As I've said in previous videos, I mean in, in previous conversations, that what happened when I started taking estrogen and it started to work the way that it should was this convergence of two things. Number one, I felt normal. I didn't feel depressed about who I was anymore. I didn't feel 
um, captured in a, in a tin can. I felt right for once in my life. And that, that in itself is a magical, magical feeling. Now, if I miss a day on my medicine, which I have done, I sometimes just get so wrapped up in my life and working with my kids and doing everything, I have missed my medicine. And so I'll be talking with my doctor here soon enough to look at changing because of that issue and what can we do to resolve this. And... The beauty that exists behind missing a day doesn't go away because it didn't just like take one pill and there's the magic pill. It took a long time to get to this point. But when it got to that point and I realized it was happening, it was a very cathartic moment. Lights turned on, feelings went, oh, and I went, I feel wonderful. And it's not like the joke of, you know, running around, I feel pretty, oh so pretty. You know, it wasn't that. It was the absolute um, peacefulness that I've never known in my entire life. And nothing I could have ever, nothing that I could explain to many people of how that peaceful feeling, how that sense of oneness with my own body feels like. Because if you've never felt a disconnection, you wouldn't know what the connection would feel like. So if you get what I'm saying, the issue of being disconnected is that whole sense of of missing something. And that once you, once I started to take the tablets and they started working the way they were supposed to be working, it was kind of like those who are lost in depression. The moment you give them that light bulb, they turn it on, they go, oh, this is right. This is the way it's supposed to be. The chemicals work correctly in my brain now. Doesn't mean that they won't have episodes of depression because I still have episodes of depression. But I am smart enough now, and I have the sense and wherewithal now on how to resolve the issues of depression with logic. Where at one time, I could not. I could not see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. There just wasn't one. And everything I tried to do would never fulfill that hole that existed. So, in saying that, how do, you know, have I resolved the problem? Yes, I have. Is it satisfactory? Oh, indeed, it very much is. Is it a magic pill? Mm, to a point, yes. And to a point, no. Because it does not really fix everything. The magic pill would fix 
everything and would have to fix everything to fit into the context of the conversation which me and my friend were having. And the magic pill cannot do that because society does not allow it. And neither does the person's own psyche. So, in saying that you want me to continue to take the estrogen, to continue to take the spiralactin, would that allow me to be at a one with, be at, be at a one, be at one with myself and just put clothes on and act as that as soon as I walk out the door? My frustration with having long hair and having short hair, having curly hair and having straight hair. Now, and we could even go with big breasts and little breasts. Um, there are times that both of them are actually quite lovely. Um, there's both the times that I've had the thought of, I hate my curly hair. And then I get out of the shower and go, you know what? I don't have to brush my hair. It'll just go boing in a couple of seconds. Give it a, you know, use the, the towel. And all of a sudden my hair is curly ringlets everywhere. And that is beautiful in itself. And I love it. And and this is part of the, the issue of also that the magic pill cannot solve. It will never solve this. So you're, you're, you're trying to find the, the sense of, of togetherness within your own mind and your own soul. And it's like, oh my God, this, no, I couldn't, I would not, I will not go out in man's clothes because it would feel like I'm putting on another glove. And I've used the glove as an example when I talk to doctors on a regular basis. You put on a latex glove because you are required to put on a latex glove to protect. Putting on men's clothes would be like putting on a latex glove once again. You know that your hand exists under that latex glove. You can feel your skin. You can feel what it feels like to touch the latex glove and how the latex glove touches your skin. You can have that sense of understanding that exists when you pull the glove off. And how comfortable that glove feels off. So the moment I walk out of the house, I'm putting a latex glove over my hand. When I come home, I have to pull that glove off to feel comfort again. And that is the same with clothes. Yes. I like the feel of certain fabrics. I like the way certain clothes are cut. I like skirts. I like pants. I like tops. And while most people might be confused, um, maybe even um, bewildered or baffled by what is 
the issue beyond the medication of being trans, yeah, it, it there is a lot more than just a pill. There is the outward appearance to the brain that what you are seeing is normal. So let's say that if we grew up in a society where men and women could wear whatever they want. Men could wear skirts. Women could wear skirts. All right. And they were not considered gendered. Okay. In fact, a woman could wear a suit and a man could wear, man could wear a suit. And that satin and silk and lace and everything straight down the line didn't matter who you were. It fit the same. It didn't and the only thing that would be different would be body shape. Okay. How it was cut to fit your body. That would be the only difference. Then the issue that exists of the magic pill that we're taking right now, which is the estrogen and the spirolactone or the testosterone for um, female to male would only exist at that level, would only exist at the level of understanding that you feel comfortable. And it wouldn't matter how society viewed you because we all wear the same clothes. And therefore, when it came to that point, we wouldn't have a problem. But then we come back to the point of you have some people that it exists in America more than it does anywhere else. Um you know, Europe really doesn't give a flying hoot. In fact, some places in Europe, women and men share the same toilet in the same toilet. I mean, share the same toilet block and the same toilet. So America just seems to have this pre, um, this look of superiority upon its own self for the lack of a better, um, way to explain it. And in saying that, the, um, it, it comes down to an issue where a person is looking not only at the clothes that another person wears, they are also looking at how the person acts, how the person exists within a within a um, a time and a space. So you have people that are angry because a trans person decides to go use the restroom, which is comfortable to them, which is um, part of their self identity their desire, their understanding. And sometimes you also have some of these people that are also looking at this topic and they are negating the issue of safety. They're negating the issue of personal safety. And what I mean by that is if a woman walks into a man's restroom, it, do it doesn't matter if they're trans or if they are cis if a woman walks into a men's restroom, she then poses, places herself in a level of um, danger that has unforeseeable results. 
Um, and you can't mitigate that um, in America. You can mitigate it in anywhere else other than America. Um, but in Australia, we don't do it because it's just not part of our societal makeup. We don't do it. Um, the UK doesn't do it. But um, you look at France. France doesn't have such a, a rigidity of gender. They, when it comes to using a toilet, it's a toilet block, okay? Um, and that works for their society. Now, at the same time, we also need to still come back to that same thing. There are... A, there is, sorry, there is a percentage of society that are redheads. And that's 2%. It's an accepted rate of 2%. We are hypothesizing, okay, not using fact, but hypothesizing that the percentage of trans individuals in society also sits at 2%. Now, you might ask me, how do we come up to this level? Because we are seeing an increase in the detection of those who are transgender. So you may turn a corner and see a redhead, but you may also turn that same corner and see a trans person, but you'll never know. It's so a kind of a magical moment there. But the only problem that exists is in some of our society, we're too wrapped up with the appearance that a man has to look like a man, which a trans man will get by without any problem whatsoever. They might have a little bit of a higher voice, but they grow a beard and they grow facial hair and they buffle up muscles and they look like a man. And men don't feel that threatened by a trans man because we come to that societal issue that a man is a man and a man, 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 and that a trans woman is a man who gave up the man card and that's just not manly. But a woman trying to be a man, well, that's manly. We can accept that. So it's kind of a duality of acceptance in society. And women kind of look at a trans man as a man. They don't have a problem with the trans man. They only seem to have a problem with trans women. So you, have, you do have that. And no amount of taking the magic pill and walking out the door in any style of clothes is going to change that. Because society is still going to have that issue in its itself because you are still putting on that latex glove to conform to make other people out there happy. But the moment you come in, you have to take that glove off. And just like when you wear a latex glove, your hand is going to sweat under that latex glove and that becomes discomfort and that becomes other problems. And that existence happens the moment that we try to put on 
the 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 clothes to make the rest of society happy inside our body our body on the outside is saying okay yep this is just a pair of clothes on the inside our mind is saying well, i don't like this this is not who i am and it's going ah, back to what we were before we took the estrogen or the testosterone to align our our well, I, I don't want to really say align our mind and our body, but to make things correct with the endocrine system, which is, by the way, in case you didn't know, it's how hormones are made and what um, an endocrinologist uses to look at when adjusting your hormones. Very difficult to understand, very easy to um work with as far as blood tests on a regular basis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when we come to this, we, I, I think that the magic pill in the end has its pluses, has its minuses. And it might be difficult for the average person to accept. Okay. And, That is okay. It really is. It's it's okay that we we um, come to that understanding. I think it was a wonderful conversation that I had with my friend. We both walked away with a different view of the magic pill. And while trying to summarize with you is very difficult over a two-hour lunch into a one-hour conversation, um, and that we've had this conversation over a couple of different lunches, it uh, it was wonderful. And I do appreciate my friend for taking the time, thinking of a thought-provoking question, and... Um, also being willing to step outside of his comfort zone to ask that question because it could be very, you know, I'm not in his shoes. It could have been very scary to not wear the glove and walk out the door. It could have been very scary for him to still ask a question that he didn't have an answer for of somebody that he trusted, myself, to not be upset, to not be triggered by the question. And as an um, enlightened person, he asked it in such a way that it was not um, confrontational. And it was respectful. And it was a beautiful question. We've had a lot of lunches together, this friend and I. And I would like to come back and, and talk to you uh, a little bit more about a few other questions. And so I think these next few um, podcasts, we're going to look into some of the questions that he did ask. And hopefully he comes back with some more thought-provoking questions. So let's end this here with a magic pill, episode number 35. Dun, dun, dun. 
well on the way to episode 50 someday. I really enjoy making these podcasts for you. I really am thankful that you take the time to listen to them. I hope that if you need help, that you take the time and look up proper help. If you need immediate help, you know to call 911 or 000. If you need to talk with somebody and you can't wait and it feels like it's pressing down on you, use the, the phone services, Men's Line, Lifeline, Crisis Line, Q Life. Oh, so many are out there. Make use of them. You are valuable. I value you. I think you're a fantastic person, whether you're cisgendered or transgender. Whether you're gay, straight, bi, lesbian, it doesn't matter. To me, you va- you're, you're a value. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're old. I don't care if you're stuck in the 50s. I just entered that phase. And I don't care what you wear. Though, if you're trans and 50, please don't dress like you're 17. That, that We'll have a conversation about that someday. Um, <laughs> but please, do make the call. Do get help. If you are trans and you are medicating yourself, please, please find a doctor. Get a doctor on board. Even if it's part-time, even if it's just some of the time, you need to have a doctor on board that understands and listens. Okay? You will find some doctors are better than others. You will find some doctors are assholes. But get them on board. Okay? Thank you, and have a lovely day. Bye now.